Hello and welcome to Chatting, a podcast where people chat about how they learn and use English. My name is Sam, I'm a CELTA teacher and a performer and I have a particular interest in pronunciation and expression. In each episode, non-native and native speakers will chat about their experiences with English, share their advice and, at the end, I'll give some pronunciation tips for you to take away and practice. So, ready? Let's get chatting. This episode, I'm chatting with Fabi. Fabi is originally from Italy. She's an English language teacher and she's also a singer and a singing teacher. We met online as we're in different countries, so there were some slight delays, but hopefully you won't notice them too much. We chatted about learning song lyrics, using a student's first language to help them learn English and sounding natural enough. But I started by asking Fabi to tell me a little bit about herself. Well, I was born in Italy and yeah, I'm from Milan. When I turned 20, I decided to move to the UK to do a music course Mm -hmm. and it was only going to be for a year. And then that became two years and then three years. And then I kind of started working and spent 13 years there. So then I started teaching English because that was something that I never really thought about doing because I just wanted to be a singer. And then I started having to, you know, look after myself and earning some money. (laughs) So I found, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I found an office job at EC Bristol, which is a language school. And I worked in the office for about two years and then I just I got fed up of it and I just looked you know I was looking at the teachers there and they were having the time of their lives at the time so I didn't think I could do it because English wasn't my first language but is in my first language mm-hmm. um, but I got a lot of encouragement from people there mm-hmm. um, which made me feel you know, that, that I could do it. So I went on and did my CELTA in London and then came back. Oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Let's go back to the beginning. Um, yeah. When you were growing up then, was your experience of English through school? So in Italy, you can go to an English speaking school. Okay. Um, but I went to like normal one because that was what most people did. And yeah, it was, it was great. But I can't say I had a great English teacher. She was good, but she wouldn't expose us to a lot of language. It was mainly taught in Italian. But for me, I think being passionate about music and singing played a massive role Mm -hmm. in learning English. Yeah, I just loved singing and had different phases. Obviously, I had my girl band phase in my (laughs) early teens. Um, And I just, you know, know, back then you didn't have the internet. So lyrics weren't very accessible unless you bought CDs. Yes. So I I remember just listening to these songs on the radio or on on TV and just making up all the words and (laughs) didn't make any sense, obviously. Uh, And then when I was old enough to be able to buy CDs, um, I just like spent hours reading the record sleeves and just learning the the songs by heart. Um, so that made me feel really good and I could sing along properly. I could like feel part of the band and yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it sounds really silly, but no, I not think at all. especially 
in your teens, music plays such a massive part of your growing up. So yeah, just being able to to sing in English and knowing what the words meant was amazing for me. Do you think that also helped with your pronunciation? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely helped with my pronunciation overall. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure about an accent. I, I don't think I had, but I don't, I don't know if I have an accent. But yeah, pronunciation wise, it was just, yeah, the best way of learning because you just listen to it, try and copy. You have the lyrics and you sing along. And I think having, you know, music with it really helps with the rhythm and with the pronunciation and all the you know features of English language like illusions and all the things that you you know putting words together that you don't necessarily know about if you just read it yeah and now with all that information and expertise do you think that informs the way that you teach English yeah absolutely especially having lived in the UK you know you realize how important it is to understand how real people speak and how language is spoken every day rather than you know listening from a book so I do use music for teaching I don't use it all the time because I I know that it's not everyone's you know thing no (laughs) Uh, it really depends on I think nationality and age and interests just personal interests so I don't really impose it too much good even if I would even if I'd like to but I'm like no maybe one song a week will be enough but let's talk about teaching a bit more then what do you find easy about teaching English like are there any particular areas that you think oh this is clear and my students always get this it really depends on the students. I find gauging what students really want to know and really want to learn, it's mm-hmm. super important. Um, so I find that students find it easy to learn things that either they've seen before um, or heard before in a song or in a film or in the street if, they, if, they use, if they're living in an English-speaking country. Um, so I find that they find it easy to really understand things that they've seen before and that they can see a use for yeah so I don't know if it's an elementary student and they hear all the time the word the expression may I and they have no idea maybe they think it's the month of May (laughs) and they're like why are people always asking me may I do this may I do that and then you teach them that chunk of language and they kind of you know, light, lighten up and be like, oh, yeah. da, da, da. this is, <laughs> this is a revelation. Um, let's think about the opposite then. Are there any parts of teaching English that you think you come to and you think, oh, this will be tricky because mm. it is tricky. And yeah, I think the ones that nobody really uses. <laughs> well, I'm not saying nobody uses it, but Things like past perfect, I think Mm. it's really hard to explain Mm -hmm. if you don't have a really good example, a really good thing that they can apply it to. Um, Yeah, things like these really heavy language points or like the use of the articles, for example. Mm. It really depends on nationality as well, because some languages don't have maybe that grammar structure. You you really need to find a great way of teaching it. Otherwise, it's this huge barrier between them their culture and their language and the language you want them to learn yeah that it it can be okay in the classroom but then maybe they'll forget about it the next day 
So yeah, things that are really far away from their everyday use or their, their own language. Mm. I think they find it really hard to understand and to just want to learn and want to use. When you're teaching and you know that your students speak Italian, do you stay away from Italian deliberately or do you try and use it? Because there are some arguments that using the first language of a student mm -hmm. can help. Um, I try to stay in English for as, as much as I can. If there is a class with mixed nationality, I would never dream of just saying, oh, this is this in Italian to the <laughs> Italian students, because that wouldn't be completely, <laughs> it would be completely unfair. Uh, if it's just an Italian speaking class, I, I wouldn't really speak to them in full sentences. I would mm. just maybe tell them, okay, this is this, this mm. word, mm. that's the meaning. If, yeah, if they really, really needed it. But I, I always tend to, not not you know fall into that mm. habit because yeah it's yeah it, it would kind of break the magic as well <laughs> yeah absolutely it's funny isn't it there's there are now different schools of thought about this mm. that they present um, a text in the native language and then ask the student to explain it in English a sort of like a translation exercise I guess I don't know yeah. how I feel about that what do you think I think it could be useful because there are especially in Italian well that's the only language I can think about because I it's the only language I speak sure. other than English <laughs> um, there are a lot of sentences that are not translated literally in English or there are lots of false friends mm. uh, that people try you know keep, keep making mistake when, when they're trying to use it so I think it could be useful for that if you have people from different nationalities I think it would be like a nice way of sharing your own language sharing yeah. your own culture I, I sometimes use that in class when we study idioms for example because that's mm. such an interesting thing to look at many languages have really similar idioms or completely different ones that are really bizarre um so it's just a fun way of yeah of thinking about the other person's culture and sharing little sayings sure sure do you have a favorite idiom uh, well we've got a saying in italian that is to swallow the toad oh. uh, which which means um when you you yeah you're trying to do something really hard you don't want to do it but you you know you have to do it so just you know um yeah things like well in English the the favorite one I think to teach is not my cup of tea because yeah. it's such such a British <laughs> thing to do <laughs> and nobody <laughs> really guesses it it's like it's not my tea it's not it's not my actual cup of tea it's like no no it actually means something else yeah so things that are very common in a language and you you don't really realize that they might be really bizarre to someone else I think they're the most fun to, I love to know about yeah do you have a favorite level to teach no absolutely no I really it really depends on the class mm. and whether there's a nice relationship within between the students when you get that group of students that take it seriously but also love to have fun with it then it's the best all right let's go back to you then Fabi 
what about your own skills then think about mm-hmm. your own grammar vocabulary pronunciation punctuation mm-hmm. even what of your skills oh, yeah. would you improve if you could oh yeah definitely writing uh-huh. i don't i don't write enough and unfortunately i don't read enough okay. as much as i would want to read and also i think i'd love to have a bit of a wider vocabulary just cuz with English not being my native language, I always feel like there are loads of words. I'm sure there are loads of words I don't know. And I, yeah, it's, it's more of a confidence thing, I think. Of course. Um, what is it, what is it yeah. about the writing particularly that you think, ah, oh, what's that? Or I think I will never be sure of whether something sounds natural enough. Okay. Because, yeah, even if maybe it is perfectly fine and most of the time I write something and especially if I when I don't write a lot I'm always a little bit unsure because there's always that little voice in my head like is it natural are you sure Ah, (laughs) um, you should silence that voice definitely yeah yeah because it just makes me waste so much time (laughs) like looking up all these words (laughs) um but yeah just collocations and whatever are those things that make it sound more natural or just fixed expressions excellent all right then final question Fabi. what is your top piece of advice for english learners okay top piece of advice is try and do something every day five minutes it doesn't have to be a full hour or so and try and have fun with it try and find things that you are passionate about and that you just enjoy doing yeah and last thing try and find someone to speak English too it can be a teacher ideally or even your 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 mom or your best friend even if they're not native speakers try and have an English conversation every day to just keep it up and improve your fluency yeah I think that's perfect great thank you so much um are we going to start singing now (laughs) we'll do our song now (laughs) (laughs) maybe next time Fabby's do something every day for five minutes advice is key to improving your English. Listen to something while you're brushing your teeth, watch the news in English while you prepare dinner, or have a quick daily chat with a friend in English. It doesn't matter what you do, just do something. The Italian idiom Fabby translated as swallow the toad is eat the frog in English. Not just the legs, as they do in France, but the whole thing. Literally, sounds disgusting to me. But the idiom means that the frog represents a difficult project or some boring homework to do. If you eat the frog, do the boring task, as soon as possible, you can get on with your day. Fabi also mentioned the past perfect. As a grammar structure, this can be difficult to understand or use, I think of it like this. You have two actions that take place in the past and you want to identify which is action one, the action that happens first. Take this sentence. I went to the station, but the bus had already left. Here, you have two actions in the past. Me going to the station, the bus leaving the station. But which is action one and which is action two? From the grammar structure, 
We understand that the bus leaving is action number one because it had left. The past simple part, I went, is action two. In the show notes on my webpage, you can see two more examples. So, this episode's pronunciation tip is about how words elide, how two become one. Fabi said she learnt about this listening to songs and reading the lyrics. An elision is when you put two words together to make one word when we speak by leaving out a syllable or a sound. A good example of this is when we elide I and am to make I'm. It's pretty informal, so don't write like this. I have three typical elisions for you to practice. First, let us becomes let's. Try this sentence. Let's chat later. Next, going to often becomes gonna. Try this sentence. I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Finally, a tricky one to finish. Would have becomes would've. Try this sentence. You would've liked that film. Now, the tricky part comes because we can make that even shorter if you elide the subject, in this case you, with would've to make you'd've. Try this sentence. You'd've liked that film. Over to you to practice. So there we are. The transcript of this episode is available to read on the podcast's webpage, so take a look. Join me next time for more pronunciation and grammar tips, more advice, and most importantly, more chatting. My thanks again to Fabi and for her music. A massive thanks to the wonderful Mara Carlisle. Bye for now.